Welcome to Brook Talks America and our Tactical Tuesdays podcast with Joe Dolio, also known as the Joe Stradamus and Brook the Magnificent Show. Welcome, Joe. Welcome. How are you this evening? Excellent, excellent. Happy New Year to you. Same to you. Yes, and I, I hear that we have our mascot, Lucy, here. Uh, yes, yeah, she's running around with a bone, making all kinds of noise. But There you hey. go. That's what she's there for. She's there to keep us some company. Right. Yes. Okay, so we we have been discussing all the other chapters, and we did a little f- switch up for the Elijah chapter the last time, and we're going back to um, regular order in Chapter 12, which is Functional Fitness for Preparedness, and... I just want to say for the audience that no prancer size does not count, okay? As much as you want to have prancer size count, it does not. This is for functional fitness. And I just want to say it's very – I had forgotten that this was the biblical verse until I just looked at it again right now. I actually did arms today. It says, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. So I am totally ready to go. There you go. But you just have to ditch that prancer size. And you know what? If I had to watch that video, everybody else does too. So, I mean, I literally, like, you feel like you're high when you're watching that. And I think she made bank on that video, oh, which is the biggest atrocity. The 80s were a weird time. Oh, I don't think it was the 80s, dude. I don't. I really don't. I think it was recent. <laughs> Which is even worse uh, with the sweater. Oh, it's delicious. Okay, so describe um, what functional fitness is before we get into it. Okay, so so many people are focused on fitness, and it's a great time of year to do this, by the way, right at the new year. That they, they think of the wrong kinds of fitness. Um, they want to be, you know, these big giant muscles, or or uh, for the women, the, as thin as they possibly can be. But that, those aren't. That's not really fitness. That, that those are more aesthetics, right? So when I talk about fitness, I talk about functional fitness, which is the muscle groups and body movement skills that you will need. Um, in a without rule of law environment, for example, the ability to get down on the ground and back up quickly, the ability to crawl along the ground, which, you know, you might think, oh, I've been crawling since I was a little kid. That's easy. Try doing a low crawl now, you know, as we get on in age and you realize it's not as easy as you might think. Um, the ability to push, pull or lift um, these kinds of things. Um, not talking about bodybuilding and getting giant. I'm getting, uh, I mean, having the ability and full range of motion to move your body so you can survive a violent encounter so that you can get yourself out of a building that's collapsed in an earthquake uh, or or tornado, as we've seen recently, uh, or have the ability to, to rescue a family member underneath some rubble. Hmm. Um, those are different skills than a lot of the things you do in the gym. Yeah, we're going to get into it um, on the different types of crawls and stuff. And I actually... Um I have a two-story uh, townhouse, and I was like, I don't know what the name of this crawl is, actually. It's it's a type of crawl that was in the SEALs, Navy SEALs fitness training book. But I actually did the stairs in opposite leg and arms, and it it did feel like, you know, I hadn't used – and I play tennis, so, I mean, I'm using my midsection, I'm using my back, yeah. my arms, and everything like that. But it definitely did feel in a way that I wasn't normally using those muscles. Well, I tell you, there's a push-up that actually mimics the exact movement. It's called a Spider-Man push-up. So you get down like in a push-up position, but um, after you do your first push-up, you bring your opposite knee to your shoulder, right, or up to your elbow, and then you do it on the other side. And that's mimicking that movement along the ground, and um, it's just a lot harder than you might think it really is. Now, I do know that it's harder because I tried it. And the crawling, you know, on the stairs it was easier because it's going vertical, or I do it just in reverse the same way that I did it with opposite legs and arms just to make it a little bit harder. The crawling thing is is kind of awkward, too. Yeah. When you're doing it, not not crawling on your belly but crawling with your legs it's it's kind of weird and it doesn't feel natural when we get into into the second book fieldcraft those are actually movement techniques that we talk about obviously we're going to be talking about this you know for the preparedness for without rule of law but in general and you have mentioned this before which i thought was really nice 
you know, at this particular time of year, I'm, you know, recommitting because I love to eat. I like to eat too much and too good. And I'm not on the Mediterranean diet. I'm on the like the northern France diet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, right. And I went to culinary school. So I really like I was like French is my my jam because that was my favorite class. Everything was butter and cream and more of it. But you had mentioned that you had someone mention to you and maybe I think more than one person that they read the book and they were talking about it with the, you know, without rule of law situation, but they actually did get, they were inspired by the book to get into shape in general. Here's, here's one of the important things uh, that being in better shape than we are as average Americans now, um, it, it actually builds your immunity to disease. It builds yeah. your your immunity to all kinds of different things, right? So it's never a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that is the, the biggest comorbidity for this Rona is obesity. Yes. So a couple of um, resources that you talk about, and I actually checked them out and they were really cool, is Drew Bay, his Project Kratos, Harder to Kill program. It reminded me of the, have you seen the Tim Kennedy show, Hard to Kill? Yeah. Yeah. It was very cool. Well, um, yeah, you know, Drew's actually in your neck of the woods, but um, yeah, he 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 teaches you getting it, getting fit, but not relying so much on the high tech gym equipment, right. but getting on low tech stuff, stuff that you probably have laying around, or just anything that's a heavy weight. And he works on a lot of body weight exercises um, and lifting just dumbbells. I mean, a lot of people want to go to the gym and use all these fancy machines, but if things go bad, you're not going to be able to do that. But you're still going to want to stay fit, right? And if you have a weight set or you have anything heavy you can lift, it's there. And it's actually one of the things that we talk about a lot over there on Goon Twitter is pick up heavy things and put them back down. It doesn't matter what you're using to exercise as long as you're picking up something heavy and putting it back down. I do that. I do like calisthenics, body weight. I do dumbbells and stuff. Um, there's a really good YouTube channel that I like called HasFit, H-A-S Fit. Uh, they have a lot of different including very short videos I use a lot because I just want to get it over with and it's compact. Um, before we begin, you want to talk about the lawyers. Obviously, you can't make any claims that you're fitness. Yeah, so first of all, I, I am certainly not a fitness expert, so don't take anything I say or Brooke says as fitness advice. Um, if you are, are are truly out of shape, consult a doctor first. Um, and, and you know what? Here's the thing, though. There's a lot of people who, who do one of two things when they get to this chapter of my book. One, they say, I'm already fit because I go to the gym. Okay, well, being fit and having big muscles is not the same as combat effectiveness, right? So so listen or read through this chapter. Um, and the other thing is people say, well, I'm just too far gone to get better. That's completely untrue. There's always something you can do, right? And And I think the program in this book starts at the very most basic level. So, uh, again, we're not fitness experts. Consult with a doctor, but we can roll on this. Another point that I make just before the, the, the lawyer point is that we're not looking for you to have to be at a, a point where you can run a 10K. So the ability to run is always a great combat skill to have. Great thing. Uh, or, or emergency skill to have. The ability to run in the other direction. Fantastic thing. But we're not looking for that ability. We're looking for the ability to, to – to survive a, a, a short-term encounter that enables you to get through. We're not necessarily looking for long-term endurance. Yeah. yeah, it's good to have. But if you have a choice between building functional strength or only building long-term endurance, you want to build functional strength. Well, and like you said, people say, oh, well, I'm too far gone or something. You're only too far gone when you're dead, yeah. really. No, or I you can't. this in the book, but I've seen guys who, who do that whole – I'm fit. I go to the gym. I say, all right, well, let's strap on a 35-pound ruck, and we're going for 10 miles, two and a half miles in. They're wheezing and falling over because it's a totally different body movement than the things that make you look good in the gym. The only reason I, I like to go to the gym is because they have the machine, certain machines you can pull down. I feel like I'm getting those muscles that I wouldn't otherwise get, you know? Yeah, the lateral pull-down machine. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. So, and, and hitting the back is sometimes hard. Back you know what will hit your back without a machine? Push-ups. Huh. Yeah, but my my wrists, I'm having problems with my wrists, and it's really bad for tennis because the past few times that I played tennis, I've had carpal tunnel, 
I used to do, uh, was a chef and I was line cook. And one time I was lifting pans that were, they could have been three pounds. They were giant pans. And I would wake up in the middle of the night screaming in pain with carpal tunnel. And I've been having some of that. And the push-ups are kind of difficult for that. So I would actually, you know, was thinking about that, what I could do that was in, in place knuckles, of that. You don't bend your wrist. Put a pad underneath, do them on your knuckles, or what you can do, this is actually, this will actually help you. Get a set of dumbbells that are flat on one side. You know the octagon type dumbbells? I have those, yeah. Set the flat end on the ground and just hold on to those and use that as your push-up. Put those on the ground and mm. push up on those. Your wrist will be kept straight the whole time. But isn't that harder? It's harder on your chest and back, but not on your wrist. Huh. I'll have to check that out. And it's actually a more functional movement because that's the same movement as a punch. Ah, Okay. That's also what I'm going to be practicing, too, so watch see, out. That's where, I, that's where I talk about it, right? That's what I'm talking about is, is the, 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 the movements that actually help you survive an encounter. So a guy who runs 10 miles a day can't necessarily throw a good punch. Yeah. You need to be able to um, because no matter how much you, you, you want it to be different, life in a, in a, in a societal collapse or, or even a temporary one like we saw in New Orleans or, or, or wherever um, is going to be violent. There's going to be bad people about, and you need to be able to defend yourself. Well, and not only that, you know, we're going to we're going to get into it now is uh, you might have to forage, which means you talk about yes. the rock on a 10K, you know, 10 mile run or whatever, even if it's two miles. When I started out walking, I started out walking and then I did some running and then I, I have an ACL issue, so I, I can't really run too much. But I, what I do is I do, um, you know, obviously I live in Florida, so in, in central Florida and there's not much elevation except you'll have a, you know, like a mine here and there that has, they've cut it out to be a park and, and I'll go there. They have some different kind of elevations, but wherever I can find any of that, I do suicides just up and down all day and People would say, well, why are you doing that? I say, because it works different areas at, that a flat surface won't won't work. But just walking for, you know, three to five miles, it's a trek. And, you know, one of the things I want to mention, because we talked about it before, obviously, you have to have good shoes. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. what's funny, it's, uh, it's, it's a preparedness supply that people don't look at. <sighs> so for the, the kinds of boots that I have, I have a spare pair of every one of them. Because yeah. let's just say a, a collapse happens. Where are you going to get a new pair of boots? Such a good point. Yeah. So, I say that about underwear and T-shirts, too. Everyone yeah. wants to stockpile ammunition and food, but where are you going to get some new underwear? Right. From supply. And um, maybe some wipes, too, right? Some some handy wipes. Oh, I have little like cases sweat. handy huh? wipes. You do? Yeah. Handy wipes will save your life. I mean, seriously, yeah. you have to keep your body clean or you will catch some sort of a disease. Yeah. Well, that's what a lot of people say whenever they, I mean, I guess they're not doing it so much now, but they were always like, what do we need when we're over in country? Wipes. Wet wipes. Yeah, yes. wet wipes. Send yeah. me wet wipes as many yeah. as you can. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of have an obsession about them. I have I have them stashed everywhere. I have just literal cases of them. Yeah. Um, but, but on this chapter, um, the first thing I want to point out is that doing literally anything is better than doing nothing, which is what most Americans are doing. Right now, yeah, you don't have to be able to get out and bench press 250 pounds on your first day, um, but doing literally anything is better than where you were yesterday. And then the next day, you do a little bit more and a little bit more. So, so that's it. And, and for me, what I what, what I, I always like to make this joke, and I even make it in the book, that the first step is literally the first step. When you yeah, look at yeah. American lifestyle, it's pretty sedentary, right? We get up in the morning. We get dressed, we go to work, we sit at our desk where we work all day, we come home, sit on the couch, watch TV, and we go to bed. Not a lot of moving involved. Um, a, a societal collapse or without rule of law situation is going to involve you having to walk a lot of places. Um, a lot of people like to talk about EMPs, now it's going to take out all the cars, and I don't necessarily think that's true. But what any sort of a, of a, of a crisis will do that takes out the electricity will remove the ability for us to get gasoline out of the ground. Right. Mm, right. Because they come from electric pumps in those in those big storage tanks. So your car is going to be something you're not going to want to use very often because you won't have any gas to put back in it. So you will be pretty much foot mobile. So the first step in any fitness program is uh, for us to learn to be able to walk long distances. You start out with no load. You're just walking. If you're not doing anything physical, just start with a mile or a mile and a half. Do that for a week and then add a little bit of distance on. Um, you will be shocked at, at, at 
how little people walk now and how much they will have to walk in any sort of a of a crisis situation. For example, uh, let's just take 9-11. Uh, people who work downtown yes. had to walk out, right? Yeah. They weren't running trains. They weren't running anything. You had to walk out. And um, that's pretty tough. And they were wearing office shoes. Yeah. And when we had that big uh, power outage, uh, I think it was 2002, the same thing happened in New York City. Everyone had to walk out through the subway tunnels. Uh, and there were just heart attacks left and right because people don't walk. Really? Yeah. In New York? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's shocking. And that's 20 years later. I mean, er, we're exponentially fatter and oh, yeah. out of shape now yeah. after the smartphone. So literally, the first thing is being able to walk. So if you start there, you're going to be in good shape. Something that you mentioned here, I just want to say, is that you talk about, because you mentioned it a couple times, the word shins, right? Yeah. It is so true if you're not used to walking you will be crying because your shins really do hurt when they're out of action when you start back up absolutely i've had that you have these very small muscles that that crisscross the front of your shins and that's where that pain comes from if they're not used to being used that burning and 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 the lactic acid being released in there is just going to cause all kinds of pain and uh, i've had that problem before and and, uh, the only way to solve it is to keep doing it uh, yep. And get out there and, and, and build those muscles up slowly, right? And that's why I talk here a lot about stretching, too. Um, if your body's not flexible, it's going to hurt a lot more. Um, and being flexible enables us to to not be injured when we fall, right? Because our body will automatically flex in the directions we've trained it to. So some sort of stretching program is absolutely vital, whether it's yoga or or something like that. Martial arts is great for that, but I talk about that a little bit later on. Um, but you have to have some sort of stretching, and that will actually help with the problem with your shins if you're stretching them a little bit. But uh, that's a good point. And the problem with that, think about that. If you're not used to it, then you have to get somewhere. You won't be able to walk because it'll just be too painful. So you, it's right. it's always the, the premise of better to you know have and not need than need and not have. Because I have literally, I have done that where I've been out of it, and I went with a friend walking, and embarrassed because I'm an athlete, right? I played tennis since I'm five years old. I'm a great tennis player and everything like that. But when I get lazy and I'm slacking and everything like that, just to go out and walk for a couple of miles within the first, you know, few steps, it would be killing me. Yep. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm a big fan of rucking and we're going to get to that in a minute. And that begins with you walking. So yeah. get out and walk. If you, if, if listeners, if you don't take anything else from it, get out and take a walk today. Literally do something, right? Better than nothing. All right. So combat of training, um, you say your primary source of cardio training should be, come from some type of combative training, whether it be traditional martial arts, self-defense, Krav Maga or something similar. Um, explain right. some of the different types of martial arts, what the difference is. And also, you know, you talk about you, you kind of joke about the McDojo and stuff like that. What are good? What are not good? And what are the differences and why they work? So, so coming as a as a as a Tung Sudo Kyosunim or instructor uh, for years, uh, McDojo is something you never want to be. A McDojo is that <laughs> is that karate certificate mill, right? Where you get a promotion every yeah. three months, or you get your black belt in a year. Um, where I train, it takes four years minimum to get a black belt, uh, and then you know another two years to get your second degree, another three years to get your third degree. I mean, you're actually learning. So you don't want someone that's just teaching you nonsense. Um, I, I get this question a lot. What's the best martial art? Well, let me tell you this. Literally anything is better than the martial art you're doing right now, which is nothing. Right. So. Um, and you can even train for that online if you, you know, on a basic level, watching YouTube videos. You know, it's one of the, you know, the one of the things that we learned, I'd rather um, you can do it that way. I'd rather you do it through Zoom instruction because a lot of karate schools went to that during the okay. pandemic. And there you actually still have a instructor who is critiquing you and helping you fix your technique. Mm, um, good point. But but here's the thing. I get this question a lot. What's the best martial art? Um, in this modern day and age, every martial art has borrowed so much from every other that most of them are very similar. But they still keep their foundation, whatever they were. Um, the only exception I'm going to give to that is is Taekwondo. That is not a martial art. It's actually a sport. And Taekwondo, guys, you can fight me on this. <laughs> Taekwondo and Tung Sudo come from the same root martial art in, in um, Korea. And Taekwondo relies 90% on kicks. 
And for me, that's not very realistic in a survival situation, right? Right. I don't want to be hopping around on one leg. Um, now, in Tung Sudo, we can kick, and we kick high. But, um, you know, the answer to the question is, quite frankly, do anything. Um, I caution people on the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu thing. Just for one reason. Don't, don't take this the wrong way, all you Brazilian jiu-jitsu people who are going to start sending me hate mail. I know. I'm uh, thinking about Jocko going, what the hell are you talking about? Go ahead. Uh, no, it's, it's actually a great martial art, and I teach a seminar on it. But don't rely only on Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You can't, you can't, in a survival situation, rely on any martial art that requires you to roll around on the ground. Bad guys have friends. We're not going to tap people out. And think about what the ground will look like. In a without rule of law situation or a riot or a civil disturbance, there's going to be broken glass, there's going to be rocks, there's going to be all kinds of things you don't want to be rolling around in. You should indeed have some Brazilian jiu-jitsu skills, but you should learn from other arts as well, some sort of a stand-up art to go with it. Um, no, and that's a good point because you mentioned um, you could be rolling around with one guy on the floor and the other guy's kicking you or stabbing you or something like that. They're friends. Exactly. So I guess my answer is to be more well-rounded. Don't pick any one martial art and stick only with that. And then a lot of guys come at me with the Krav Maga thing. I'm actually a Krav Maga instructor, but Krav Maga is not a martial art. Krav Maga is a military mixed martial art where they took things from from karate, things from, from Sobak Do and things from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and threw them all together. It's remarkably similar to the Marine Corps' own martial art program. So something like that is actually probably more beneficial because it's going to be half Brazilian jiu-jitsu, half a hard style. But there's no no one answer. If you learn a traditional martial art only, uh, as I started out with, you can defend yourself as long as you take the training and adapt it to real world. Let me give an example. In, in Tung Sudo, we do a lot of forms. Each belt level has a form, and that's actually just a preset series of movements you do. Um, some styles call it a kata. They all call it something different. Um, but basically, you're just alone. You're doing blocks and strikes in the air in a pattern, and they're meant to help you learn movement. But what they actually do for you is give you cardio, and they give you flexibility, and they give you combinations of moves to use. If you only practice it as forms, as as just I'm just going to do the, this set of, of of techniques, then you might as well be at a dance class. If instead <laughs> you're saying, okay, so I'm blocking a kick and punching, and then I'm blocking somebody else's punch and I'm striking back. You have to break that form apart into the things that you could actually use in real life and then practice with a partner on them. Don't just – if you're going to learn a traditional martial art, don't just learn the traditional martial art. Learn how to actually use it. Does right. that make sense? I mean, sure. How it's going to apply in this situation. Right. Right. How you're going to use it to actually defend yourself. And um, that's just – that's a great way to go. A good way to do this is if you find a martial arts school, find one that teaches a teen and adults class because that one's actually going to be more – self-defense related than the one that's just for everybody because you know kids you're not going to teach a kid to throw an adult man it's just not going to happen uh but you will learn it in in another one right so so there's really no one style that's best get a collection of ground skills a collection of standing skills a collection of throwing skills and kind of put them all together um into what works for you another way to do this is there's a an exercise program that that i found online called uh les mills combat and it's an older one. I don't even know if they sell it anymore, but I found it somewhere. And it's basically it's a series of DVDs, and you're doing punching and kicking workouts at speed to build up your cardio. And so some of the workouts are, are strictly martial arts-based, punching and kicking, but other ones also involve, you know, you're doing some punching and kicking, then you're doing burpees in the middle, or you're doing push-ups, uh, or you're doing mountain climbers, or you're doing all these different things. And that's actually testing your body in the way that, crisis would right you might have a little fight you might have a little run you might have to move some rubble i mean all these different things going on um and that's what you need to be doing building up muscular strength cardio and then what we also call anaerobic strength and that's the ability to just push right and and get through a situation even if you're not having great uh breathing ability because it's dusty or whatever so you need to really push your body to its limits and if your limits are small start small yeah, all I can think about is uh, I'm going to work on the burpee thing because I know it's the thing about burpees is that it's so good for overall fitness, like yes. your whole body. Yeah. Yep. And I'm going to get over to that one in a minute, but let me finish a couple of things on, on yeah. martial arts. Um, never, ever, like I said before, limit yourself to one style. Yep. I've got I've got um, a couple of degrees in, in Tung Sudo and 
in in uh, level five certification in Krav Maga, but I didn't stop there. I learned Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, a little bit of it, and I've learned Filipino stick fighting. I've learned some knife fighting, and you know, learn everything that you can. Become a warrior, I guess. And, and not only is it going to develop your cardio and, and your muscles, uh, as well as giving you some self-defense skills, it's going to boost your confidence yeah. through the roof, and it's going to give you a warrior mindset. And those are the bigger benefits of the whole thing. Very good point, because part of that will be that you feel confident that you know enough to handle any situation if it comes at you. It'll just be innate, probably, if you if you have enough of that background exactly. skill. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Exactly. All right. So, so moving on to, to, to some of these body weight exercises, right? I know it sounds complex, but you want to do things that actually focus on motions you're going to do. So the dreaded burpees. So after somebody read this book, they're like, I started doing burpees because Joe Dolio's book motivated me to do them. And I hate burpees and I hate Joe Dolio. And I was like, that's a little harsh. I, I just hate him. <laughs> and when you think about life, if I'm moving through the woods and all of a sudden there's an armed person in front of me and they haven't seen me yet, I'm going to need to be able to get down on the ground, kick yes. my feet out behind me and get as low to the ground as I can, right? When that threat passes, I'm going to need to get up as quickly as I can and go in the other direction. Well, you just did a burpee. You drop down, kicked yeah. your feet out behind you and laid down. Then you push yourself off off the ground. Same motion. It's yeah. a good skill to develop no matter what. And unless your body is used to moving that way, it's not going to be able to do it very well in a crisis. So the burpees are there for that. And, you know, when you start thinking about other things, too, um, when we get into the field craft book, I talk about when you're walking in the woods, anytime you stop, you should immediately drop to a knee. That's because human beings are lazy and we look for other humans at eye level, right? So if you're below eye level, you can't be seen. So what? Good point. Exactly. So what can I do to improve my ability to do it? Everyone goes, well, I can kneel down right now. Yep. Put a 35-pound pack on your knee, on your back. Put a rifle in your hands and try to kneel down. It's a little bit harder now unless I spend some time doing lunges. What is a lunge? You step forward and drop down to your knee, right? Exact same motion. So if I spend some time developing that ability, I'll be able to do it in real life a little bit faster, a little bit smoother, a little bit quieter, and a little bit better. What if Any? you have ACL problems like I do? I can't do lunges. Well, you're gonna you you still practice kneeling and getting back up slowly, right? Yeah, that's true. And, but here's the thing about that: um, you have to learn to practice the ability to get back up with no hands. Now, the younger guys are like, well, that's easy. But trust me, fellas, when you get over forty, it's going to get a little bit harder. <laughs> um, you're going to want to be able to stand up if your hands were full, right? If you're carrying a rifle or whatever, you don't want to push the rifle on the ground and use it to get up or whatever you've got. You want to be able to get up with your hands free. So doing some type of exercise where you're bending one knee to the ground and then getting back up is going to help you with that. Uh, it might not be – it might be a static lunge rather than a more dynamic one. Just something, slow and easy, getting down to a knee and getting back up. It's a skill you'll need to have. And practice with weight. And practice with weight. Yeah, that's a good point. That's not that's something that's I had thought weight. about. Put a backpack on for the weight. Um, and that's why we're going to keep a lot of Advil in our packs, too. <laughs> uh, you know, in the Marine Corps, they call Motrin light fighter candy because <laughs> everyone has Motrin 800 in their pack and you just eat it like candy. So. I mean, really, especially if we're doing all this stuff. So Right. So the old school things you learned in, in, in elementary school can help you. Um, Push-ups. It's the same thing as punching or getting up from the ground. Sit-ups. Getting up from the ground after you fall down squats, getting lower to the ground, being able to get back up, things like that. These are all things that you can do. And there are a few other exercises that I learned at boot camp that I thought, these are the dumbest things ever. Right. I'm a grown man. Why are they making me do these elementary school things? And then I started thinking about it. A bear crawl. That's where you're on all fours, no knees, right? And you just move across the ground. And it seems silly to do it in your living room, but it's not going to seem silly when there's somebody shooting at you. Right. And you want to get lower to the ground and move. And a crab walk is the same way, only you're going backwards, right? If I, if I see some group of people I don't want to see me in front of me, I might crab walk backwards to get into better cover and not be seen. If you haven't done it in a while, it's going to be hard on your muscles. There are great exercises that go to that flexibility piece, right? The ability for your body to shape itself to the environment a little bit better and, and help you get a little bit lower or a little bit quieter and move without getting so tired. And you think about that just in a general sense. Obviously, we're talking about the, you know, without rule of law, just in a general sense, because it can sound flip for people to say, oh, well, just get down on a knee. Of course, 
and and everybody would be listening like, of course I can do that. Not necessarily for one. Secondly, if you're carrying 50 or 100 LBs extra, you're not going to be able to do that. That's why in previous podcasts I had mentioned, like, I know this guy and he's morbidly obese. And all he talks about is guns, guns, guns. And I'm thinking, dude, I don't even, you don't even look like you can get to the ammo. If you have to move one inch in either direction, you're going to be out of luck. And if they come for you, you're not going to be able to escape it. So it is a, it is a legitimate thing to, Get in shape in general. You're not going to be able to survive the without rule of law situation, no matter how much ammo you have, if you're heavy. If you're the greatest marksman ever, at some point, the ammo is going to run out. You're well, going to have to go somewhere. Point. Um, so some people will push back and say, yeah, but I don't really envision all that happening. Okay, but you can't predict when an active shooter will happen when you're at the grocery store. Having the ability to do a bear crawl along the the, the half the waist-high freezers uh, in the Walmart grocery department could save your life. Right. The ability to do a bear crawl back out of that small, low cover area might save your life. Um, so you need to be thinking about that. Very good point. So um, when you talk about improving your your uh, functional fitness, this is that was one of the reasons that I do suicides. And I did, like I said, the stair crawl. You have here the types of things to do, push-ups, squats, sit-ups, burpees, lunges, trunk twists. What are those? That's just, that is just as simple as standing there with your arms up at about shoulder height and twisting your body 180 degrees in each direction, bending your weight, keeping your, keeping your, your knees facing forward, but turning the rest of your body. That's how you generate power in punches and kicks. The ability to move your hips and your upper body. So, um, it's actually, it's, it's an exercise that people don't think about. It's not a natural motion. Uh, that you use in your daily life, because generally, if I want to turn, I turn my entire body, and my legs don't. My legs go with my body, right? You have to think about being able to keep your body facing forward while just your upper body turns in different directions. All of this is just in general, right? It, and this would apply in this situation: is it's always talked about your core, keeping your core strong. So you could do planks. You know, that's something burpees are actually really good for your core, too. That would be really good for your core. Keeping your central, your abs, your back and everything strong. That's another issue to consider, because if you're having a rock, that's not only going to tax your legs and your feet. And again, I have to just say I have a terrible pair of uh exercise shoes i have to get a new pair i got a new balance and i thought they would be good but they actually kill my feet so by the end of my you know 5k walk with the suicides i'm crying with my feet you very know, good point if you have to walk with 100 point. pounds a lot of your leg issues are actually tied to your shoes oh, so terrible. i'm pretty good at the rucking thing but we just recently did um for veterans day um the four star four mile walk here in detroit and so the Army and the Marines, a bunch of people get together, the Air Force, uh, there were some Coast Guard guys there, and, and everyone throws on a pack, and they do this four-mile thing. There's a bunch of runners who run it, but we all kind of ruck it at the back. And at the end of that four miles, my my feet were just absolutely devastated. The rest of my body wasn't. But it turns out I had put on the wrong pair of boots. It's a worn-out pair. Um, they look just like my other ones. And, uh, so I learned a lesson there, right? Yeah. Um, your feet are, are, um, are important. You need to make sure your shoes are good for your feet. Um, I wanted to bring up another thing. Um, when we were talking about the, the various exercises, a lot of people are like, man, but I can only do three or four of those at a time. That's fine. Do three or four at a time, but do several sets. Your body at the end of the right. day doesn't know the difference between you doing 100 pushups in a row or doing five pushups 20 times. You still did 100 push-ups. So break it down however you have to. If you can only do three or four, only do three or four. But do a few sets and then slowly increase that as you move along. It's the same with weights, too. It's like anything, once you get good at it, you can always do more. Well, that's one of the things that that Drew Bay, who we talked about earlier, talks about a lot, is that people have this misconception that I have to lift a lot of weight a lot of times and all that. But he says, no, you want to get four or five repetitions with good range of motion as opposed to 15 or 20 of them really, really fast. Do things slow and properly, and you'll get a lot more benefit than doing a whole bunch of fast repetitions. Yeah. I was uh, I was at a gym one time, and, and I, you know, 
uh, I don't lift a lot of heavy weight. Um, someone actually, and I do it very slowly like that. And someone actually said, Hey, you have really good form. Sometimes you see people at the gym and they are going crazy. And it's like, they're obviously, I mean, they look good. They're muscular, but they have terrible form and they're obviously just trying to show out, but it's not the right. And you can really hurt yourself like that too. Yeah, and you encourage others to hurt themselves by them trying yeah. to emulate you. Most of the times people are just laughing at them though. Okay, so as far as rucking, you know, I have, like I said, I, I have also a, um, a 12 pound sand pack. And okay. I, I mean, I'm telling you, it's bad enough when you have extra LBs inside your own body, but the <laughs> extra weight really is no joke. So I was doing that before we started doing our podcast and everything like that, but it's good. It's good for your heart too. Yeah, so I differ from a lot of the traditional thinking on rucking this because of this. So rucking became very popular as a fitness activity among veterans, right? They get out of the military. They're used to doing that. Like, hey, we want to do this. So now there's all these rucking competitions and all yeah. that. Buy special backpacks like your sand backpack and all that stuff. And they're, they're all always going for speed. We're going to do the exact opposite. I want you to go for distance carrying right. weight. And instead of carrying sand, which is all pulling down in one spot, I'm going to tell you, just fill your bag with actual gear in the way in right. which you actually carry it, right? And and put it on and put on the backpack properly. I know we talked about it earlier, but a lot of the pain that's associated with people rucking or, or hiking with backpacks is because they don't wear the backpack properly. It should be high on your back and the weight carried close to your body, not hanging off your body so it's pulling back on you. It should be uh, – your, your hips and shoulders should should split the weight, Right. So make sure all the straps are tightened. It's not hanging down off your back. And if it has a chest strap, use it. Um, so that gets the weight up there properly. And instead of going for time, we're going to go for distance and quietness. So I know a lot of people say, yeah, but you're not working on fitness then. Nope. I'm working on functional fitness. I'm working on my ability to right. move a distance quietly while carrying weight. In, in and without, without rule of law situation. Right. In and without rule of law situation, I don't necessarily need to move quickly. I do need to move quietly. So that nobody else sees me or hears me. So work on that and you'll notice your heart rate going up. You'll notice that your body's working hard and the speed will come on its own. Uh, it's a saying that we use in, in, in shooting classes. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast, right? So if I start out slow, I'm going to get real good at it and real smooth at it. And the speed's going to pick up on its own and I'll eventually end up where I'm walking about three miles an hour. But everyone wants to talk about these arbitrary numbers, like you need to be rucking at at least four miles an hour to get good cardio. Um, not even the Marines require you to move that fast. The Marine standard is actually somewhere around a, a mile and a half in an hour. So don't worry about the speed. Worry about just being able to do it. And enjoy the time outdoors, right? Yeah, right. And, and one of the biggest points I talk about in a lot of things on this is that you got to do it in all weather. So if it's snowing out, don't care. Get out there, do it. It's raining out. Don't care. Get out there and do it. Because we're so used to living such a comfortable life that anything slightly uncomfortable, we don't do. Get out there, start with a couple of miles, and then start pushing it. Um, one guy posted to me on, on uh, uh, the week before New Year's that he was out there doing five miles that day, and his goal is by the end of the year to be able to walk 40 miles with his pack, which is the distance from his office to home. So that he knows that if a disaster happens, he will be able to walk home from work and not have to worry about his health. And so I thought that's a pretty good goal to have. You get to get to whatever your commute is and have the ability to walk carrying a load for that whole distance. Pretty. It cool. only took him a week to do, but he got there. No, I'm just kidding. But you know what? It might take you a lot longer than you think. No, um, I know. You know, when we get, start talking about that, when you get into an action without rule of law situation, if you think you're going to walk to your bug out location 200 miles away, understand that in real world situation, you're probably not going to do more than 15 miles a day. Yeah. So it's going to take you a little bit. Well, and, and you mentioned about the weather is, is I think it was either the last podcast or the podcast before you were talking about, how, or you put it on Twitter, how you were shooting, you did your shooting class in a blizzard and they're like, hey, it's, you're like, we have the shooting class. They said, they're like, it's, we're having a blizzard right now. Yeah, but you have to learn how to shoot in a, in a blizzard. Yeah, so, yeah, it was, it was, we were doing a, a concealed firearms class, and like, well, where are we going to shoot because it's snowing? I'm like, uh, we're going to shoot right out there, and, <laughs> and, you know, because if you get robbed at the gas station today, it's going to be right out there. Yeah. And so you just have to train for whatever, every weather condition. 
And uh, there's a saying in the military, if it ain't raining, you ain't training. So uh, you train for the worst possible conditions. And when it's better, you're in good shape. Now, you have here, uh, obviously, from my perspective, the funner part would be to train in a wooded area, obviously. But you have, if you don't have a wooded area, how are you going to um, train that way? Like, what are you going to do to supplement that? Well, um, you, you can do it. You can just do it down the street even you can do it going down back alleys you there's always like trail systems in an urban area find your trail system or like behind your subdivision there's probably a wooded area between you and 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 the next subdivision walk that you can practice walking down streets and all that stuff too um it's it's really no different but i really want us to not be in the habit of walking down the street you know without rule of law situation Um, a lot of different opportunities there um you can go out to a state park. You can you can just start walking down the down the road. Um, there's trails everywhere. Seriously. Well, and part of what part of the scouting issue is to find out whatever's in your area, anyways. Absolutely. Like if you go behind shopping centers, there's usually like a wooded area between it and the neighborhood behind it. Yeah. Walk that. And once you're once you've started and you, you begin on trails to get used to it. But even if you have like a big trail system, I've got a huge trail system right by my house. Um, I don't walk on the trails because, you know, without rule of law situation, I want to avoid the trails, right? Because everybody else is going to be on the trails. Everybody else is going to be on the trails. So you can walk uh, through the woods and then you can use that as kind of a drill. Like you see people walking along the trail, freeze, crouch down, watch them go by, then start moving again. Because that's how you're actually going to operate. And then you'll find it's fun to realize how little other people pay attention and how close you could be standing to people and they not even see you. That's it's, scary it, when I walk by myself it, in the woods. Yeah. Well, and you know, another thing that I talk, tell people to do on this is carry something in your hands that resists the temptation for you to reach out and grab trees or, or, or grab the hill as you walk up it with your hands. Because in and without rule of law situation, you're probably going to have a long gun in your hands or you'll be carrying some sort of supplies or something like that in your hands, um, and you won't have them available. Train your body to move without your hands. Well, and you mentioned also is that having stuff in your hands all the time is going to put a lot of pressure on your arms. So you want to practice that. Yep. It's going to give you a little bit more more upper body strength. Yeah. You want to do it in stages where you start with, and we talked about this, you know, in the previous podcast anyways, where you start with, the smaller bags, then the next bag, then the next bag, and eventually the full ruck. So you've practiced it every weight, got yourself accustomed to it. You know what you're going to have. And one of the things you mentioned also is like you might ha- you're going to have water. That's always going to be something that adds weight to the bag. These are all components. It's going to add weight to your bag, to your feet, to your knees when you're walking long distances. You know, this is definitely something that could happen to even need this, right? You have a collapse locally, something. So you're at the highest level if you have to carry all of your stuff. Yeah, your I'm never coming home gear, right? Uh, you have to be uh, able to carry all that. And then that's too where I, where I say get away from this, this idea that you have to have a 20-year food supply. If things get that bad, you're not going to be carrying that with you. So Yeah, or your 1,000 rounds of ammo or your 10,000 rounds right? of ammo. All right, so when you are training – in cross-country rucking, train also for security halts? Yes. So when you stop um, to take a rest, don't just stop. Drop down to a knee. Look around. Find a If you're going to sit down, find a covered and concealed spot to sit down. Take your backpack off and hide it underneath a bush and sit and rest. And then when you're ready to go, get up, look around. What we want to do is build this, this, this automatic habit of doing that anytime you stop. Um, so that when the time comes that you need those skills, they're just automatic. Now, let me ask you a question, though. When you were talking about practicing on the trails or off the trails, watching people on the trails and stopping, taking in and everything, won't that make you look suspicious? Wouldn't that bring attention in the training if people are watching and they say, oh, I don't really like what that guy's doing or that girl's doing? What law does it break? It's, well... We talked about it earlier is that if you're searching for canning, they think you're some kind of domestic terrorist. Well, they could come and check me and I'm not doing anything. So here's my thing. If you're doing it right, though, they'll never see you. Touche. So that's why I say stay off the trails, right? Yeah. Nobody nobody will be asking you questions when you're not on the trail. So. Well, and that 
This is also one of the reasons we suggest you have bug spray, because if you're going to be in any kind of heavy woods, chances are you're going to have more bugs coming at you than otherwise would happen. Right on. And, and when selecting clothes, I mean, we talk about this in, in, in book two, but when selecting your outdoor clothes, um, understand that military surplus gear is treated with insect repellent. The millions of dollars go into research for those clothes. You should take advantage of that. All right. So your baseline standard, just to wrap up again, is? Oh, and I, and I closed it. <laughs> All right. So um, train in some kind of self-defense or martial art at least one day a week, even if you're doing it by yourself with a kickback. I got a kickback right here, probably five feet from the end of my desk. And you know, do something one day a week at least, uh, martial arts-wise. Um, do strength training, even if it's just push-ups, sit-ups, and, and squats, three to four days a week. Start small and work your way up. Um, and then train by, by rucking or, or just walking two to three days a week. I do it um, three to five, depending on the weather and what else is going on. Um, but getting out and moving your body, even if you start small, these little things here, walking two to three times a week, doing some sort of calisthenics three to four days a week, and martial arts one day a week are going to get you in a lot better shape than you're in today. And again, uh, you know, I got to look for it myself, but make sure you have good shoes anyways. But for this, you have to have good shoes because long distance will kill you if you don't. Yep. And, you know, I, I list in the book there a, a reference, Drew Bay. His website is uh, is, is bay.com, B-A-Y-E dot com. Uh, his website is just full of great information on proper exercise technique and he sells a whole bunch of exercise programs and things like that. It's a good guy. He will answer any question anyone has. Yeah, I looked at it, and I looked at the Harder to Kill program. It's uh, very interesting. So is there anything else that after you wrote the book that you would, you know, that wasn't in the book and the chapters that you think that should be important for people to know about? I think that, that I mentioned it on my blog, but I didn't put it in the book, that you have to do something every single day to improve, one, your readiness, Two, your connection to God. And three, your physical state. So do one thing every day in each of those areas, and you're going to see improvement. I love that, especially the uh, connection to God. That's definitely my motto is new year, new you. Be intentional in all you do. There you go. All righty. Well, that was another great podcast, Tactical Tuesdays podcast. And so you can check out all the podcasts on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. Go to Joe's website tactical-wisdom.com and all of the podcasts are also available on iHeart, Spotify, Podomatic, Apple and Google. So you can find it anywhere. Make sure you share it with your friends. As I always say, better to have and not need than need and not have. And again, Joe's third book is out. So make sure you check it out. Also, he has articles on his blog. I have articles on my blog. I'm actually working on one that hopefully will burn up the phones called trans is the new patriarchy. So that should be fun because everybody that is, uh, is excelling at everything in women's competition is always men now. So we're in upside down world. If we ever saw one, hopefully God, baby J will come back and take care of it soon. What do you think, Joe? Uh, I, I think so. I think that, <laughs> that that's probably coming quicker than we than we than we want. Also, um, another readiness on that front. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I got one more thing that, that yep. popped in my head. This is an old martial arts saying: It is far better to be a warrior in the garden than to be a gardener in a war. Yeah, very good. Well, uh, thanks again, Joe, and we will see you next time on Brook Talks America Tactical Tuesdays. Awesome.